When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and we've made it, folks. We have reached the top of the mountain. We are at the climax of the NFL season. We have reached the end of the book. This is the final chapter, and it is now time to finish the story. Welcome into the show. Today we are previewing Super Bowl 58 when the San Francisco 49ers take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Winner takes all. Loser go home empty-handed. Winner hoists the Lombardi Trophy crowning themselves the champion of the NFL and putting their names not only in the record books but claiming immortality. Immortality. Everybody will remember who you are, where you were, when one of these teams won the Super Bowl. For many, this will be San Francisco's sixth Lombardi Trophy. The last one was 1994, 1995, A long time in between getting back to the mountaintop and saying, we are champions. For Chiefs fans, for Patrick Mahomes stands, it was only last year. You've been here a ton. For the last five years, Patrick Mahomes can say, hey, I've been in the big one. Right? You beat San Francisco to win your first, then you lost to Tom Brady. Then you beat the Eagles last year, now you're back in the Super Bowl, hoping to claim your third title. This is not just a game where if you lose, you're the best runner-up. This is if you win, you are the undisputed heavyweight champion of the National Football League. And again, we have adopted the Cody Rhodes story on our way to this point. And just like Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 40 this year in Philadelphia, today, in fact, he chose to fight Roman Reigns, to fight his Kansas City Chiefs, to finish the story. Can San Francisco finish their story this Sunday? And I think to start, you have to start where all these conversations begin when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. At the very top, Patrick... Mahomes. Now, when you look at the Chiefs' offense this year, it's good still. In fact, I think it's still great. But it's not as great, or it's great in a different way than how we've seen it in the past. 
gone are the days of hitting Tyreek Hill for a 65-yard touchdown pass and score on three plays, being explosive on almost every single facet of offense. In fact, Kansas City this year, even with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey still on the roster, ranked 24th in explosive passing plays. They just aren't this rocket of an offense. They can score a lot, yes, but they are much more methodical than they were in the past. Still dangerous, though, but instead of explosiveness downfield, now it's more of timely shots with, with a majority of them being towards the sideline to sideline, screen passes, unafraid to play in a way the dink and dunk style of football to have 15 play drives that take eight minutes off the clock compared to, what, two, three years ago, they can score on you in one play. This Chiefs offense is still good, but it's very screen heavy. And really, it's, that's how you mitigate Nick Bosa and company, right? Screen game, short passing. How do you take away other teams, uh, I guess you can say their kryptonite and getting to Patrick Mahomes? It's eliminating people like Nick Bosa in the screen game. But I want to mention this. They have Mahomes, yes. They have Travis Kelsey, yes. It needs to be pointed out, for as good as those players still are, the Kansas City offense has only scored 30-plus points three times this season, including the playoffs. None of them have happened in the playoffs so far, and they came against the Bears, Chargers, and Raiders, and they haven't scored 30 or more points since week number 12. Now you might say, well, Sterling, it's still Patrick Mahomes, and yes, it's still Patrick Mahomes, I want to make it a point to remind you, do not sleep on the Kansas City Chiefs offense, but you have to be honest with where this team currently is. Dangerous, yes. Lethal, yes. Just in different ways. And today, when discussing how to stop the Chiefs offense, we're going to talk about exactly what the Chiefs have done this season. So how do you stop Patrick Mahomes, right? That is the question that... Really, everybody's still trying to answer. And some teams, some coaches, some defenses have come really, really close. In fact, the Raiders this year, uh, they contained Mahomes. The Ravens, just what, two weeks ago, had Mahomes contained for the better portion of that game, right? Uh, for San Francisco, <laughs> it's not just as simple as containing the edge, right? You have to just contain the edge. You also have to not allow yourself on the edges to get too vertical too fast. You can't play the up and down game with Patrick Mahomes. If you do, like Jared Goff, like Jordan Love, like Joe Burrow, he will kill you with screen passes. Go back and look to last year's game, Kansas City against... San Francisco, Brock Purdy's first game in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo uh, when they were getting their butt kicked. Chris McCaffrey's first game. How did they take away Nick Bosa and the defensive line and the pressure that hoping to be brought upon by the edge rushers of the Niners? Screen passes, short passes, essentially take them out of the play, give them no time to get to the quarterback. For San Francisco... 
That Lions game two weeks ago was a massive example of what not to do in the first half. In the second half, that's what you want to do. The Packers game three weeks ago. It can't be like that game. You have to play and be patient with your edges in a way kind of like how they were against Philadelphia. Albeit Jalen Hurts is much more prone to run, much more eager to run out of the pocket where Mahomes, he will stand in that pocket until it collapses on him. And even then, uh, you might not get him down to the ground. He is really not just a superstar. He is a player that you cannot scheme for. You can only limit until the third or fourth quarter. And at that point, 10 minutes left, like we know, Mahomes is going to find a way to score against your defense. Um, but San Francisco needs to play like weeks 10 through 14. When on the ground, they only allowed 68 and a half yards per game or play like they were against the Lions two weeks ago. Um, when it comes to containing Patrick Mahomes, again, you can't get too vertical. You can't just run through lanes and hope to get him. He will crush you with screen passes. But it does help that this Chiefs offensive line, although still good, uh, they've had a really, really big problem this year with Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor being extremely inconsistent. Excuse me. They hold a ton. We know this. Bosa brought it up. Jed York brought it up. John Lynch brought it up. They're making it a point to the refs. Hey, these guys hold, but the reason they hold so much is because they have been getting beat a lot. This is not a Chiefs roster that has two cornerstone tackles. San Francisco's elite level edge rushers, Nick Bosa, interior guys, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Chase Young. You not only have to bring the effort 100% of the time, yes, calling you out Chase Young, you have to be patient but also understand you can beat these tackles. Make the holdings look so egregious. Don't be afraid to flop. Make it look like, hey, I am being held by the neck and the throat. That's one of the issues with a Nick Bosa, although not his fault. When you're a rookie player, all you know is go, go, go. When you're older, I liken to the NBA. You become a James Harden, you become a Chris Paul, now you can dislike how they play, they know how to work the refs. Nick Bosa, what is it, year five in his career, needs to learn to work the refs. Hey, Bill Vinovich, I'm being held again. Make it egregiously awful that the team that has the most holding penalties in the entire NFL for offensive linemen, being Trey Smith has eight, Juwan Taylor has seven. This Kansas City offensive line has not only struggled, they lead the entire league in holding penalties. And they may not even have Joe Tooney, who has a peck injury. This is obviously the biggest game of the season for San Francisco's defensive line, but this is the biggest game of the year in which they can determine the outcome. Whether it's Jared Goff last week or two weeks ago now, Jalen Hurts, yes, they played a massive though they had massive importance in those games, of course they do. The trenches mean everything in the NFL. But more so than ever this season, you not only have the ability to get home, you now have the opportunity 
to have your best game of the season against an offensive line that not only holds a lot, but also has shown to be inconsistent at every single position on the offensive line. Left tackle to right tackle, these guys can get beat. And again, if Joe Tooney doesn't play, uh, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Javon Kinlaw, you have to get pressure. Their interior has shown they can get beat by fast pass rushing interior defense alignment. You contain the edge, you keep Mahomes in that pocket, and you play bully ball up the middle, you almost have him in a vacuum. Yes, he'll make plays, of course he will. But you have to keep him inside that pocket. This year, Patrick Mahomes has turned the ball over 14 times a career high. He knows at times he has to force a play. And look, Mahomes is Mahomes, right? He doesn't panic. He is the quintessential quarterback. You take any team, they're going to say, give me Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson won a second MVP tonight. I guarantee you the Ravens wish themselves Patrick Mahomes. But again, you have to keep him in the pocket. He'll beat you with his arm. I'd rather you beat him, or rather he beat us with his arm than his legs extending plays. That's when your defense gets scared. That's when Travis Kelsey's streaking down the field for 35 yards wide open. It is pivotal that Nick Bosa, Chase Young, and Co. contain the edge. Do not get too vertical. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't rush in, giving Mahomes lanes to run through windows, run through past your guards, or past his guards, past your interior guys. You have to maintain and contain that pocket, giving, and I can almost say this, that for as, poor, for as important as Nick Bosa and Chase Young are, their job, well, yes, is to get home. I could honestly say it is much more important for Nick Bosa and Chase Young to keep Mahomes in the pocket than get sacks against him. Yes, you can beat their tackles. Sacks are great. Forcing second and longs and third and longs is what you want against a quarterback like Mahomes. But it's having the ability to allow guys like Armstead and Kinlon Hargrave to penetrate the pocket through the interior while you maintain the outsides, giving him nowhere to run, forcing him to have to make throws with his arm, and maybe force throws to guys like Sky Moore and Rashid Rice, right, or Travis Kelsey, or Kadarius Toney, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. This offense, I get, is, is vaunted because they have two insane players and one really good rookie. But if you can keep Mahomes in the pocket, eliminate the threat of the screen pass and the short pass, the dink and dunk dump offs to eliminate Nick Bosa and mitigate his, his presence in this game, you are already limiting what Kansas City's offense wants to do and taking away one of Kansas City's biggest arsenals, one of the biggest weapons in their arsenal they've used so much this season. Uh, but on top of that, it's not just... Oh, no, you, you have to contain Mahomes. Of course you do. Everyone knows that. If it was that simple, <laughs> well, everybody would do it. But it's not just the first layer, the defensive line. It's the second and third layers that have been really struggling this season to maintain their ability to tackle. It's the execution. 
That Lions game two weeks ago, the first half was atrocious. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You cannot bring that defensive effort and execution on the field against this Chiefs team. They will put up 20 against you and they'll be up 20 at halftime. 23 at halftime. You have to darn near play a perfect four quarters against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, excuse me. You have to play your best ball in the biggest game of the year to finish your story. And one of the biggest, dare I say, yes, you have to contain Mahomes in the pocket. Yes, you have to get pressure on the interior, but you have to tackle on the second and third layers of the defense for linebackers. You have to stay patient. Mahomes and Andy Reid love to play fake. They will show bubble screen. You bite. You move three yards off Travis Kelsey. Boom, 15 yards wide open over the middle of the field. Warner and Greenlaw and Gibson and Jair Brown, Logan Ryan, you have to understand, do not bite. They're going to show you this wonderful apple, the, the forbidden fruit of what we have them dead to rights. It's a lie. It's a play fake. They're wanting to get you to move off your spot, to misdirect you because bang, as soon as you see McKinnon or Pacheco bubble screen to the right side, Tony, Sky Moore, as soon as you move, bang, Kelsey, 15 yards up the middle, the drive keeps moving. Don't bite on the play fakes. Stand your ground. Once you do, it's going to give Mahomes nowhere to go with the ball. He will try to make a move. Sometimes he just will. But that right there, if you can contain the edges, get pressure up the middle, and don't bite on the cheese, you're going to have a really good chance to win this game. For defensive backs, Lenore, Thomas, Mooney Ward, again, Jair Brown, Logan Ryan, Sean Gibson, you have to make open field tackles when they are eventually successful on their misdirections, on their play fakes, they are going to get guys open in space. You have to make a, 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 a third and ten become a third and seven, not a first and ten. You have to make a second and eight be a second or a third and four, not a first down, not a third and two. You have to get these guys into third downs over and over and over again. And great teams... Their defenses know how to get off the field on third down. Their offenses know how to stay on the field on third down. You maintain that pocket. Keep Mahomes in there. Collapse from the interior. Keep the lanes on the outside closed from Bosa and Young. Your linebackers can't bite on the cheese on misdirection. And when they do, when they finally have you on second and eight, when they get you on a misdirection, you have to make that second and eight stay a third and six. You have to make Mahomes' every down, every play, as long as it can be, as taxing as it must be. You have to play with the utmost desperation if you want to win a Lombardi trophy against a player like Patrick Mahomes. They have players like Travis Kelsey, who has 
arguably the best field awareness in the entire NFL. Against zone coverage, he will... They'll call hike, he'll run his route, or he'll have a designed route for him to cross the field as soon as he sees an empty space in the zone, on the field. He will sit there, stop his route in its tracks, and just wait and wait and wait, knowing Mahomes will find him. They have the perfect chemistry. They are the best tight end quarterback duo in the maybe entire history of the league. They're insane. So how do you guard him? How do you take away Mahomes' number one option through the air? Do you bracket him with Gibson? That's a good idea. You don't want to have a player like Lenore on him. I think he's too small, although he's feisty. I think the best option to limit Travis Kelsey's presence in this game might be, one, if he's on... The, the line of scrimmage, you have to make sure an edge rusher gets a hand on him early, chip him early. You have to take him and bump him off his route within the five-yard limit. Young, Bosa, whoever else is out there. Gregory, you have to chip him, bump him off the route, make it tougher to take away Mahomes and his timing. Do you play man coverage? I don't think so. You can't play man coverage. Well, excuse me. You can't play zone coverage. Do you have to play man coverage? I think it might be the case. You bracket him with man coverage. I think, really, the best idea might be to have Logan Ryan play in this game. If you're going to use Jair Brown, bring him down towards the line of scrimmage. Maybe you play three safeties, right? You have to have a bigger body player on Travis Kelsey. A safety like Gibson a safety like Jair Brown and Logan Ryan have seen coverages, more so Ryan and Gibson, that Kelsey loves to run. You think Logan Ryan with the Patriots and Titans hasn't seen Travis Kelsey over and over again? If anybody would know how to guard him, it would be him. He's big enough to withstand his physicality. But you also bracket him with maybe Lenore and Ryan, or Ambry Thomas slides over and you help bracket him with Logan Ryan. You have to essentially... Do your best to almost double-team him. Give him no space. You you almost want to swallow him up. Give his windows the tightest space for the ball to fit through. I do think for San Francisco, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes present the biggest test of any quarterback and skill position player all year. I don't care if it's Hurts and A.J. Brown, Dak and C.D. Lamb, uh, name whoever you want. Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't matter. Kelsey and Mahomes are different animals, and you have to be able to find any way. Like, see, Volks' hands are going to be full just stopping those two players, but then you go down the list. They have players like Rashid Rice, who, in my opinion, if you're going to bracket Kelsey, I don't want to use Lenore. But in this case, if you have to use Lenore, I think Mooney Ward should be lined up across from Rashid Rice on almost every single man coverage play. Put Mooney on the best or the second best receiver on this team, almost taking him away, right? Mooney, his former team, in a way, a, a revenge game against them, right? Use a bigger body player like Mooney Ward, who's not going to be out physical, not going to get bumped off his route, but Rashid Rice is someone who isn't the best separator, but... 
He is proficient on deep crossing routes where he has just there's so much vision over the field for Mahomes to see that that's they want to live on deep crossing routes and Rice is so good at them. But here's the thing. For Rashid Rice, you have to be able to limit, and this goes back to defensive backs tackling, you have to limit what he can do in the screen game. He leads every receiver, more than Debo, than Amaras St. Brown, in, in yards on screen passes. I want my best tackling defensive back on him at almost every single play. That is Mooney Ward. So if you're going to bracket Kelsey with Lenore and Ryan or Gibson or Jair Brown, I want to have Mooney Ward following Rasheed Rice, Rasheed Rice almost the entire game. Because let's be honest here, the Chiefs essentially have two weapons to pass to, one of them being a rookie, one of them being one of the greatest ever, and besides them, it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is essentially the most inconsistent designated deep threat in the entire NFL. Like, what they're going to do to use him, or the way they're going to use him is to open up space over the middle for guys like Rice, for Kadarius Tony if he plays, for Travis Kelsey. They're going to have Gibson and Jair Brown you know, on these post routes, right, while Kelsey just runs a flat or, or runs a quick out to the left, giving him 15 yards easy towards the sidelines. It's all MVS is. It's a designated deep threat. Then you have Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, who I think in this game, if Tony plays, but more so, more so if Sky Moore is completely healthy, we're going to see a ton of jet sweeps. San Francisco's offense has shown, or defense, excuse me, the past two weeks have shown the inability to set edges. When the edge gets beat, replace him with, with the defensive back to take his spot to make a tackle. Go back and watch that Lions film. The first half was atrocious at this. The Packers game was awful at this. You had guys biting so early on jet sweeps, filling up lanes that weren't there, not pressing to the outside, right? Not when one guy falls, the next man's behind him to make the tackle. And it's much easier said than done, but the way the, the Chiefs offense has kind of, I don't want to say evolved or even de-evolved, but the way it's kind of changed its its personality, right? From deep passes downfield to explosiveness to now screen passes, dump offs, get guys in space, give the blockers time to help these receivers and running backs get five, seven more yards downfield. San Francisco's defensive backs have to maneuver behind the defensive line. Don't, he's running, jet sweep, don't take a bad angle. You have to move as one. If you don't, like the first half against the Lions, like against the Packers, you are going to get crushed by Pacheco and McKinnon if he plays, and Tony, and, and Sky Moore. These guys aren't the biggest they aren't the strongest, but if you get them in space, San Francisco has to understand. Bosa, Young, you gotta set the edge on these plays. When you set the edge, when you force these guys back inside, you're gonna give your entire defense, Warner, Greenlaw, a chance to actually make plays on defense. Uh, and, and you should not also sleep on Noah Gray as tight end number two. <laughs> 28 catches, 2 touchdowns, 305 yards, 11 yards per catch. Now, he isn't on the field a lot, but 
for San Francisco, it's almost receiver by committee, weapon by committee. Mahomes doesn't have that, you know, three stars. Doesn't have Hill, doesn't have Kelsey combined. He has Kelsey, and then he has a bunch of fine pieces. Some are better than others, but none of them are going to blow you away. Like, the Chiefs are not going to come out and take, you know, 17 shots downfield. They'll make explosive plays, but it'll be, hey, let's sustain drives, keep the keep the defense on the field. But more importantly here, and more so in previous more so than previous years, the last two seasons they've built up their running game. Isaiah Pacheco may have one of the most aggressive run styles in the entire NFL. He doesn't have the best vision, but he wants to get to that second level as fast as possible. Now they usually use him in shotgun runs. It's where they like to use him a lot when they run the football. Um, but uh, they are not afraid to run the outside zone, okay? And when they're going to run the outside zone, this is where, again, Kinlon, Hargrave, and Armstead, I think, play the biggest or have one of the biggest roles on defense. You can name Fred Warner and Greg Greenlaw. They are so important as well when it comes to stopping Kelsey and 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 Rice and Pacheco and whatnot. But... This right here, the Kansas City Chiefs have evolved their offense so much from just Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill to now it's Kelsey, Mahomes, but also a stout, aggressive running game where they will actually run their offense through the ground with Pacheco. Going back to Hargrave and Kinlon Armstead, what they essentially have to do in a way is keep the linebackers clean. What I mean by that is, is... You have to take up double teams when they're going to run the outside zone and the guard pulls over. Kinlaw, Armstead, Hargrave have to take up double teams, freeing up lanes for their linebackers, Greenlaw and Burks and Warner, to have lanes to run through. But also this, you can't let the guards and the tackles pull and the center pull so far that it allows those guys to get to the second level giving Pacheco free lanes by keeping your linebackers clean, AKA don't letting or not letting, excuse me, the chiefs defensive line get, or Jesus, the chiefs offensive line. I'm sorry. The chiefs offensive line, get to that second level. You're keeping your linebackers unguarded, unblocked, giving them a chance to get to Pacheco. And if you can get to Pacheco, you can slow him down, meet him head on, right? You then force the Chiefs to have to rely on Patrick Mahomes, but not even Mahomes because he'll beat you. You're essentially telling the Chiefs you're going to have to beat us with Rasheed Rice, a rookie. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, an unproven, inconsistent, deep threat. Kadarius Tony, who has arguably cost the Chiefs more than he's ever given them in Sky Moore in his first game off the IR. In a weird way, you don't want Mahomes to have to pass the football but in this game, you essentially want Mahomes to have to pass the football. If Mahomes is passing the ball so much, it means you likely have him in second and long, third and long. You stop the run. You've made them a little more a little more one-dimensional than most can. Go to that Ravens game uh, two weeks ago. They lost the game, sure. The offense fumbled the bag big time, right? They stop running the football. We'll get to how San Francisco's offense should 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 roll in this game 
and how they should face the Chiefs defense head on. But the Ravens defense was stellar. The game was a low scoring game for the majority of it. Their linebackers didn't bite on the cheese. Their defensive backs made tackles in space. Their defensive line gave their linebackers clean lanes to run through by taking up double teams, taking up the guard in the center, swallowing tackles and guards together, not allowing Pacheco to get to the outside, get to space. Again, it sounds like, well, duh. <laughs> like, how else do you expect to do this, right? And yes, it is in a way simple. But then you go to Patrick Mahomes. And really, it all comes down to Mahomes. And like I said, if Mahomes is passing the ball so much, it likely means you're forcing second and long, third and long, maybe even fourth and long, but you've also stopped the run. You've given yourself a chance to, again, make the Chiefs one-dimensional. Now, in a weird way, making the Chiefs one-dimensional with Mahomes playing quarterback uh, usually doesn't go in your favor. But in this case, in this year, it actually has, while they've been a great team, they've won many games, they're in the freaking Super Bowl for a reason, right? The way to beat them is essentially making Mahomes be the man to beat you. And what I mean by that is, the way Mahomes has operated this season has really been, again, hitting 10-yard outs. Travis Kelsey on play fakes and misdirections over the middle. It's not been this, oh my goodness, did you see Mahomes make this insane 45-yard play? For your defensive backs, what the Chiefs like to do is they like to use bunches for their receivers. Essentially, what I mean by this is, and maybe I can explain it clearer here, Bunches is, it's a bunch. You have tight end, Kelsey, usually lined up on the line of scrimmage, but on the outside, and a receiver lined up on the inside of him, okay? You are essentially stacking your defensive backs, one, playing back to guard the deep threat, guard the post, and the other one, trying to guard Kelsey. But the way they're lined up is, you have them kind of back to back. They're going to take, being the Chiefs, they're going to take the inside receiver in a way, screen one of your defensive backs, the one guarding Kelsey, giving him the entire sideline to work with on the out routes. Again, they're not going to crush you 35 yards, 75 yards downfield. They're perfect at screening off your defensive backs in a legal way. They are perfect at shading and kind of you know, protecting their tight ends, their receivers, and giving them space to, to work with, to run their routes cleanly, with no physical contact, no holding, with no bumps off their, their routes. Andy Reid is a genius <laughs> at this, really is. And there's a reason why Kyle Shanahan has yet to beat Andy Reid in his entire coaching career. Now, I know Kansas City and San Francisco has so much history Joe Montana when he went to Kansas City, uh, Alex Smith, right? You go to the A.J. Jenkins, Jonathan Baldwin trade when Chip Kelly was still here, yikes, right? You can look at D. Ford and now Mooney Ward and look at this team in 2019, 2018 when Jimmy tore his ACL. It was against Kansas City. Last year, Brock's first game when he came in to get garbage time throws against Kansas City. Chris McCaffrey's first game against Kansas City. 
There's so much history here. And it feels like 2020, in a way, is rewriting itself all over again. But now it's San Francisco's chance to, I guess, unwrite or rewrite history. To do so, you have to play perfect. But I, I really do think, as stupid as it sounds, I know it sounds so stupid, you almost want Mahomes to be the one to beat you. If you can take away Pacheco, stop the run, and give Mahomes in third and long and second and long, you're going to give yourself a chance to win this game. Now, look, you have to execute in other areas. You have to to limit Kelsey and stop McKinnon and stop jet sweeps and all the things we've talked about. But in the dumbest way possible, (laughs) you want to win this game, it really comes down to forcing Mahomes to have to beat you. He might do it. That's how great he is. But the Chiefs are likely going to want to establish the run, run the football, keep the ball away from an explosive Niners offense out of CMC's hands, out of Purdy's hands. And they're probably going to want to play a little bit of keep away, knowing how not as explosive the Chiefs offense has been in previous years. There is no third and 15 to Tyreek Hill this year. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Knock on wood, (laughs) you know, right? But this Niners defense, if they can just tackle and the people they're paying to make plays can contain that pocket, like, this is going to be their biggest test, obviously, but this is a chance to really get your money's worth, to actually earn that paycheck. And I think if they can stop Pacheco and make, make Mahomes have to beat you, I think they're going to have a chance to win this game. Uh, with that said, you go to the Chiefs' defense, run by Steve Spagnuolo, who I think might be the most underrated defensive mind in the entire NFL. Giants defensive coordinator when they beat Brady twice. Former Rams head coach, been around you know the sun a, a lot, <laughs> right? Um, his coaching pedigree is just crazy. Runs one of the most adaptable defenses. They love to blitz. Third highest blitz rate in the entire league. Uh, I do wonder if that goes up because the lack of pressure they can get without Charles Amenehu not playing. Um, Towards ACL against the Ravens two weeks ago, he was their best edge rusher. He was their best pass rusher. You take him out of the conversation, I do wonder if... Spagnolo realizes that, okay, we don't have enough on the line to get home. They have Chris Jones. They have Karloftis. Those are all good players. Jones is a crazy good player. I do wonder if Spagnolo wants to manufacture pressure more and blitz at a higher rate. Um, but if that's the case, you know, Brock Purdy's been so, so good against the blitz all year long. But um, we have seen teams, especially defenses like the Kansas City Chiefs, who rank number three against the pass in the entire league. They've given Purdy fits. Um, the Ravens gave Purdy fits all day long. Uh, the Browns wasn't Purdy's worst day, but certainly was not his best day. They should have won that game. We know that, but it was not Purdy's best day. Um, so this is a massive test for Brock Purdy in a way where, hey, like, you've had two shots against, at the time, you know, better pass defenses. You're getting your third shot here. You better make it count. But for the Chiefs, um, they've allowed... Only three fourth quarter points this entire playoff run. None against the Dolphins, none against the Bills, and only three against the Ravens. Now, 
context matters in all those games. Uh, the Dolphins looked exhausted. It was a frozen tundra game against Kansas City where Mahomes' helmet literally breaks off. The Bills just couldn't get it in the end zone. I think Josh Allen threw a pick and just missed guys that were wide open in the end zone, uh, Gabe Davis being one of them. Uh, then Stefan Diggs dropped a massive pass in that game as well. And the Ravens stopped running the football. Um, context matters, obviously does, but Steve Spagnuolo is, is one of the best at second-half adjustments. When you can gash them early, you best believe they are going to make the change uh, and they're likely going to stop you <laughs> and find a way to, to limit your success in that second half. But... San Francisco's defense has been inconsistent all year long. We know this, especially the last few weeks. The run defense hasn't been great. There's a good chance the Chiefs run all over this San Francisco defense if they don't bring their A game. We know this. But for San Francisco, this to me is going to be a battle of can San Francisco's offense keep up with Kansas City's offense? And I think they can. San Francisco has the edge offensively. The Chiefs have the edge defensively. Okay? This, to me, feels like a heavy Debo Samuel day. Um, the Chiefs lead the NFL in two high safety looks. Um, Debo Samuel eats up two high safety looks, end arounds, screen passes. Just put him in the backfield if you have to. He is your motor defensive or offensively excuse me you get Debo going we saw against the Lions right it looks like it's over it's 17 points to come back from as soon as Debo starts getting going he even said himself he blacked out at halftime and told Kyle Shanahan give me the freaking ball okay against the Dallas Cowboys what 2021 in Dallas Debo saying Kyle give me the ball Shanahan has to give Debo Samuel the ball in this game I would expect Shanahan to use Debo uh, to, keep, to keep the offense moving forward and forward and forward, build momentum. You give the ball to Debo Samuel, put the ball in his hands. He's not only going to make a play, but he's going to empower Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and, and Purdy and give these guys confidence to believe, okay, we can do this. Now, they already believe that, but once you kind of get the, the validation of, yes, we can do this, you buy in more, you play better, you play confident, and that's when things start to move. Um, one thing I, I, I will say here is that Legereus Sneed for Kansas City's defense has been locked down on receivers, number one receivers, that is. He's been awesome all year long. Um, I When it comes to getting Debo same with the ball, it feels like it's going to have to be or because of the way the Chiefs have played against number one receivers this year, it feels like it's going to have to be on screen passes, on end arounds. Um, I have a hard time believing that Debo is going to get open against against Snead. Snead's been so good, but because of that, on non-end around plays, on non-screen passes, on non-designed jet sweeps to Debo Samuel, um, I'm expecting Brandon Ayuk to have himself a really an awesome day in this one we know he's the second team all pro i think if not the best the second best route runner in the entire nfl and the chiefs have struggled against number two receivers all year um think of it back to 2021 again uh Ayuk ate up trevon diggs 
in that game against Dallas. Um, I would expect something similar on this one. Uh, you keep Debo on that field, you feed him, get him confident. Uh, I would not, it would not put it past me if San Francisco wins this game, and I think they will, that Brandon Ayuk wins Super Bowl MVP. Like, it just makes sense. It's setting up for, okay, they have Debo, it's great. They have CMC, they have Kittle, but I would not doubt if Ayuk has two touchdowns in this game and has like seven catches for 110 yards. Like, it just feels like one of those games where Kansas City has struggled to guard guys like Joshua Palmer for the Chargers. I have a hard time believing they're going to stop Brandon Ayuk, who can get space against anybody. Uh, one more thing on the receivers here, though. Juwan Jennings, um, a bigger body guy. We know third and Juwan, we love him so much. Benny Jennings, right? Um, I think he can have a lot of success against Trent McDuffie in the slot. Uh, McDuffie's a great corner, young guy, ferocious, physical, but he's got four inches on him. I think if you are Kyle Shanahan, there's a reason why you want a bigger-bodied slot receiver. Go back to Jalen Hurd, now Jawan Jennings. Kyle likes that mismatch of smaller nickelback against bigger slot receiver. Um, I would not be surprised if there's a handful of plays, probably on third down knowing Jawan Jennings, where you go, how did he catch that? Or, oh my goodness, he's so clutch. Like, this is a good matchup for Jawan, I think, and a really good matchup for Brandon Ayuk. Um, but let's get to Brock Purdy, because I've gone back and forth all day, all week of how do I feel about Brock Purdy in this game? Um, and mind you, this year finished fourth in MVP voting, and usually... You don't worry about players like that, <laughs> right? Usually you're like, well, that's a pretty good player. Um, so why you worry too much about that style of player in Brock Purdy? Um, but again, going back to a point earlier, he has struggled against top five passing defenses this year, the Browns and Ravens. Now, I think Kansas City's defense, although is close to those, close to the tier of the Browns and Ravens, I don't think they're in the echelon of them just yet. Um, I do think for Brock Purdy, uh, he's not going to face an, an attacking style of, you know, like the Ravens, right? Who just could be everywhere all at once, where you have Kyle Hamilton falling down, getting pancaked, getting back up and still getting a pick. And you're like, how did that happen? That's not going to happen for the Chiefs. And But for Brock Purdy, I think one thing you have to do is you have to be unafraid to be a game manager. You have to be unafraid to be a checkdown merchant and just give you or take what Kansas City gives you. Now, I do think in this game that you're going to have to take your shots. It just is what it is. But if you are Brock Purdy, you have to be patient against Kansas City's weak zone coverage. Again, if you have CMC open for four yards wide open, take it. He'll get you three more. He can turn a second and ten into a third and three. Be unafraid to hit George Kittle on flat routes for four or five yards and make your and give yourself a more manageable third down. You don't have to find Debo or Ayuk deep for 20, 30 yards downfield. It's okay to be a game manager sometimes in this game. It's okay to take your check down. You have the personnel, CMC, Kittle, whoever it might be, they can win you this game if you just be a game manager. But um, I think one thing that has 
it hasn't plagued Brock Purdy. He's a great player, but there have been times where we have seen when things go awry, especially against the Ravens, things start to spiral down. That, that's one game, but um, there have been times where Purdy will force the ball into the second and third layer of the defense. But the reason why I say that is, is not to harp on him because it's not common, right? It hasn't plagued him, but um, if Purdy doesn't want to take his checkdowns, doesn't want to be a game manager, um, and he wants to force the ball downfield, whether incomplete or completed, right? But if he's going to force balls into tight windows, which on most days I'm okay with him doing that, I trust him to make a big play when it matters. That being said, if you're going to do that continually uh, and be unsuccessful, you're going to put yourself in second and long, third and long, and you're going to give Spagnola a chance to give you a blitz package, get creative with the blitz. Uh, he loves to blitz the nickel. Trent McDuffie, I think, has, has the most blitzes all year long for a defensive back. You pull yourself in second, third, and long, you're going to give Spagnolo a chance to get creative on defense, bring the blitz, and you're going to have to make a play against a, a free rusher against your offensive line, which we all know this year has been really shoddy. It's Trent Williams and... Sometimes Jake Brendel, then a bunch of just nothing. Like, you really have to be smart here. Take your checkdowns. If you can take, you know, second and long and third and long away from Spagnola, you're going to almost take away or limit him even being a factor on defense, and you're going to weaken Kansas City's chance to beat you defensively, right? Uh, now, all that being said, check down Merchant, be a game manager, it's okay to hit your check down. Don't be afraid, right? I do think Kyle Shanahan needs to not only take chances downfield, but he has to be intentional when taking chances downfield. Um, I think in this game, we're going to see a, a, a use check or, or CMC wheel route where, like the Chiefs do, you're going to have a bunch formation a bunch formation and you're going to see a Niner tight end, a Niner receiver shadow and kind of, I guess in a way, screen off the defensive back, allowing CMC open. Go back to the, the game against uh, the Jaguars, what, second, third play at a halftime, George Kittle, bang, deep shot downfield, right? Um, you can go back to what the Bears game, 2021, Trey, Lan or Trey Lance, that quarterback, he missed him, but Juszczyk's wide open downfield. Like, they're unafraid to run these post routes when they can kind of get some misdirection, but also kind of get receivers open via almost screening them off uh, with using tight ends and Debo and and and, and Ayuk downfield, excuse me. Um, my mind goes to against Dallas earlier this year. You can get CMC open on wheel routes up the seam. We saw it in training camp all you know all off season long. They were getting CMC open downfield over the middle of the field up the seam on these wheel routes. You can do that. Um, I do think for Kyle Shanahan, you got to take two or three, four shots downfield here. Like, you have a quarterback that's going to take those shots, um, and Kansas City's not going to want to have someone like Willie Gay or, or, or Tranquil guarding CMC on those routes. They're going to lose. Um, and so I think for Kyle Shanahan, uh, you have to not only get pretty settled in the offense, but... <laughs> You have to be intentional with your shots. Shanahan is one of the best ever 
at setting up the next play. There's going to be a time in this game where they're going to have a chance to make a big play. You have to execute, obviously, but if you're Kyle, you have to not be afraid to take that, that shot and tell Purdy, hey, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. You have to be intentional. Set Casey up. They're smart. They know what's coming sometimes, but look, the Kyle, like Steve Wilkes, you have to be in your bag, and, and, and I trust Kyle Shanahan to be in his bag. But again, Purdy, don't be afraid to take checkdowns, be a game manager, but if you're going to take shots, you have to be intentional. First and long, you've run the ball successfully. you got your play action going. Bang. Take a shot. Kittle on the crossing route, 35 yards downfield. It's happened over and over and over again this year. You have to be intentional with your shots. You can't just take one on third and 10 and go, oh, you know, we tried. No. You have to set up the next play, the next drive over and over and over again. You can't just go out there and go, okay, you know, it's first and 10, run. Second and 10, run. Okay, well, now it's third and six. We didn't get much. Let's take a shot, right? You have to almost, in a way, it's like playing chess. You're setting up your opponent to get the kill shot, to get a checkmate, to take their queen, right? Kyle Shannon has to go for the queen. Not all the time, but yeah, there's a process. Take away the rook, take away the knight, then boom, you have a free shot at the queen. Shanahan has to set the Chiefs' defense up by taking away their knights and their rooks, then bang, go for the queen. He can do it. We've seen it all year long. We saw it in the last game against the Lions. Go for the queen, but be intentional with your shots. You can't swing wildly. You have to know when to take those shots. Uh, and still with Brock Purdy here, you know, I think Brock Purdy is made for moments like this. Um, Kyle Shanahan today actually said that he's had a hell of a week. That's an exact quote from him, that Brock is kind of riled up, ready to go. Um, I am not worried about the moment being too big for Brock Purdy. Um, he has so much to gain from this game. Obviously, you cement yourself in the history books forever. You become a legend. Arguably the greatest story in NFL history can be cemented on Sunday. Mr. Relevant to Super Bowl champion in two years' time. Post-UCL tear, <laughs> right? This moment is not too big for Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's going to win this game. But I think one extra element in this game for Purdy, and we saw it against the Lions two weeks ago, that he is the most mobile guy, but his legs are a weapon that have to be used. Um, for Josh Allen, I get it. Big body guy loves to run. Uh, he can take some hits and survive. Brock Purdy... I think, has similar toughness to Josh Allen. <laughs> um, not as big, you know, don't take a massive hit and go, okay, I'm fine, but I think Brock Purdy is unafraid to dive forward and get two or three extra yards, to be a gamer, to be a dog, right? He has that mentality. And I think, again, be a check down merchant, be a game manager, be intentional with your shots, but also, if nothing's there, don't be afraid on first down to run for three or four yards, to give yourself a manageable second down. Purdy, I think we saw in the last game, you know, he needed his legs, we needed his legs to win that game. Without his legs, you know, they could still win, but it'd be a lot tougher, and who knows how those drives go. His legs 
were unaccounted for by the Lions' defense. And I think for Kansas City, if you can take a shot downfield here or two, keep them honest defensively, you're going to find things open up. And if he doesn't force things against their zone coverage, he's going to be able to find lanes to run using his legs. I'm not saying doing it 10 times or 12 times. I'm saying doing it five or six times. Extend drives, extend plays, don't force throws. If they're going to give you five free yards, take the five free yards, especially on first and second down. Um, now, there is one other issue. Um, and again, I, I think San Francisco is going to win this game. But for Brock Purdy, and the same was for Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the entire league to bat the ball down. And we saw it against the Lions, a smaller quarterback like Brock Purdy. Uh, there have been times, isn't common, but there have been times where you can see drives end, or drives end, because Aiden Hutchinson bats two balls down in the first half. It, it stymies the offense's momentum. You can be moving and rolling, then bang. Second and ten, ball gets batted down. Now it's third and ten. Oops. Now you have the punt. Chris Jones killed Jimmy G in 2019-2020 on batted balls. And they have two guys that have over four this year. Jones has five and Carlos has four. You can't really account for it, but if you are the offensive line of San Francisco, you have to make it a point to, if they're going to jump, push them down. Keep their arms down. Don't hold them, but you have to hit them in their chest. Don't allow them to jump. It feels weird, and it's extremely hard to do, but San Francisco's offensive line, especially their guards, Trent, not worried about, but McKivitz and Feliciano on the right side, and then you have Banks. Um, you have to be aware who's in front of you. Chris Jones is going to have a, a batted ball in this game. It's just going to happen. He's that good at it. And you have to realize, if it happens on second and ten, um, they're, in a weird way, that is probably the only concern I have in this game for Purdy's physical limitations. But, again, be a game manager. You can live that way. But be intentional with your shots. Use your legs. Purdy can do this. There's ways to beat Kansas City's defense. But the biggest way, the most important way, in my notes, it says this is how you win the Super Bowl. If you are San Francisco, you have to find a way to shorten the game with long, extended, monotonous drives, keeping Mahomes off the field, giving your defense a chance to rest and stay fresh to make those tackles, to not get beat on jet sweeps and end arounds and lose Kelsey over the middle of the field, right? San Francisco needs to and should be able to run the football over and over and over again, San Francisco's offense is built to execute the perfect offense to exploit Kansas City and knock off Patrick Mahomes and hoist a Lombardi trophy. San Francisco ranks, this goes back to the Purdy conversation, right? You don't want to get in, you know, third and long, right? Second and long. San Francisco ranks first inefficiency on runs on first and second down. The Chiefs rank seventh in defending runs on first and second down. Right there already sets yourself up 
to have a third and short to be able to execute the offense, feed Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm a big WWE fan, and I don't like Ryback from 10 years ago now, but his catchphrase was, feed me more. If you're CMC, you are standing there in front of Kyle Shanahan saying, feed me more. If you're Debo, you're saying, feed me more. That needs to be the rally cry for players like CMC, for like Debo Samuel. Feed us more. The Chiefs defense has given up 4.5 yards a carry during the regular season. That's the seventh highest yards per carry in the entire league. 4.8 yards since week 10, near 7-6. and six. Darn near 500 when teams rush for 110 yards or more against them. And, si and since week 10, rank 20th in explosive runs allowed. Again, feed CMC. Feed CMC more. Feed them more. If you can do this, <laughs> run the football. In the six losses Kansas City has suffered this year, their opponents have run the football on average 30 and a half times for over 130 yards per game on the ground. If there was ever a game to justify, if there already isn't one, the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, it is for this moment. All the talk of you know, Shanahan needs his John Elway. No, he needed his Terrell Davis, and he has them. He has him, and his name is Christian McCaffrey, the reigning Offensive Player of the Year as of tonight. Use Christian McCaffrey. There's no excuse in this game. And look, the Chiefs, when they run their base, three-linebacker defense rank second worst in the entire league against the run. In the nickel, they rank 27th in the entire league against the run. And on runs under center, rank 25th. You should be able to exploit them in base defense, in nickel defense, up the middle, and towards the outside. San Francisco uses zone blocking in their wide zone 70% of the time. The Chiefs this year against zone blocking... 4.62 yards a carry, ranks fourth worst in the entire league. A near 52% success rate against zone blocking, <laughs> fourth worst in the entire league, and they rank second worst in stuffing the run against zone blocking. Kyle, you run zone blocking. You run a wide zone rushing scheme. Use Christian McCaffrey. Use Debo Samuel. If you have to, use Elijah Mitchell. If you want to, use Jordan Mason. And again, there's a reason why you go and acquire Christian McCaffrey. There's a reason why you go and acquire Trent Williams. San Francisco this year ranks second in the entire league and runs behind the left tackle. The Chiefs ranked fourth worst in runs behind, or defending runs behind, the left tackle. Brock Purdy can be a game manager in this game, and they'll win, as long as you feed Chris McCaffrey. There's no excuse, Kyle. And look, above everything, 
the biggest question might be Kyle Shanahan. Up 28-3, ran the ball 18 times against Patriots. Against Kansas City, fourth quarter, 10 minutes left, ran the ball four times with the second-ranked rushing offense in the entire league in that season, only behind an MVP Lamar Jackson season for the Ravens. Sound familiar? Kyle Shanahan, if you have not learned from your mistakes, Purdy doesn't have to be perfect. Of course, protect the ball. Yes, we know this stuff. But it's about sustaining drives, keeping them moving. Mahomes off the field. Yes, I said earlier, if you want to win, you almost have to force Mahomes to throw against you. I believe that. But it's not like you don't want to avoid that (laughs) in the same breath. I think if you're San Francisco, you have the key to victory. His name is Christian McCaffrey. Running behind Trent Williams, you have the key, Kyle. Unlock your path to victory. Feed. Don't, because they stuff it once or twice, do not change the scheme. Don't change your game plan. The bow will break you will find success. And if they want to stack the box, that's when you take your shot with Bright Purdy. That's when you intentionally take a chance downfield with Brock Purdy. With the fourth most votes for the MVP, Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey finished third in MVP vote this year. Feed Christian McCaffrey. We're here. I've ran through everything outside of Jake Moody (laughs) that San Francisco has to do to win. In games like this, do you have to play perfect usually? Limit takeaways, don't turn the ball over, keep drives moving. Get off the field on third downs. Stay on the field on third downs for the offense. This is where everything you've worked for comes to fruition. This is where you can claim your stake to immortality. I've watched press conferences all week. This team looks loose, motivated, ready to go. I didn't even mention George Kittle in this game in this prep, in this podcast. Because look, it's not like they don't need him. I didn't say that. But San Francisco has the recipe for success simply in two words. And it's one name. Christian McCaffrey. You traded all these picks for him last year and you saw the offense become a new animal, reach new dimensions, You now have the quarterback, no more excuses. You now have the running back, no more excuses. You have, at least on offense, the ability to keep up and surpass Patrick Mahomes. Do you have to play perfect? No. The Chiefs are not going to play perfect offensively. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to score every single drive. But you keep them off the field... You execute what you've done all year at your best 
what you know best your entire life has led to this moment. Your scheme has been tweaked and turned and twisted and perfected for this moment. A weak run defense with the best running back in the entire league. Kyle, feed Christian McCaffrey. You win this game, you erase 28-3. You erase 31-20. You erase 2019. You set history the way it was supposed to be four years ago. You undo the wrong against the exact same team with the exact same refs wearing the exact same jerseys. This is your chance, Kyle, to stake your claim to what has haunted you since Atlanta in 2016. That's haunted you in 2019. To beat and kill and crush your demons. Show us you've learned from your past and feed Christian McCaffrey. I'm nervous for Sunday. I'm sure, I'm sure you are as well. <laughs> but I think San Francisco has the recipe for success. And I truly, truly believe when it's all said and done and that clock hits zero, they're going to be raising a banner when next season begins and you're going to see Kyle Shanahan in tears holding the same trophy as dad held with the Broncos. This is it. We've covered everything this year. Trades, OTAs, minicamp. This is the end of the line. This is how you bookend a chapter in San Francisco 49ers history. This is how you stake your claim to one of the greatest teams of all time that fought through adversity on the brink of two losses in the last two rounds and found your way to win. Let that harden you, allow it to help you learn, and let's go win a Lombardi trophy. Let's raise the flag. Let's raise Super Bowl 58. raise the freaking trophy man we can do this I, I know we can do this I am confident and scared but again it's now time to finish the story and on Sunday February 11th at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas Nevada I firmly believe San Francisco is going to finish their story 27 to 23 and the San Francisco 49ers are going to come home once again for the first time since 1994 1995 when Steve Young got the monkey off his back as world champions it's time it is time to finally reclaim our spot at the top of the mountain at the top of the NFL and say, look, we are who you should be gunning for. We are the champs and we are here. Man. Ooh, I'm getting chills. I'm getting nervous. 
everything comes to an end this Sunday. Put your jerseys on. I have my Brock Purdy jersey on right now. If you can see it, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to raise that championship belt sitting next to me right now. And like John Cena used to say, the champ is here. I want to say those words when Sunday is done. I want to run in the streets and say, finally, for the first time in my 27 years of existence, I can call my San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl champions. To get Trent Williams that first ring, cement his legacy, to get Fred Warner something that people like Patrick Willis, now a Hall of Famer, Navarro Bowman, have never seen in their lives. To give Brock Purdy the cherry on top, the icing on the cake of one of the greatest stories in sports history. That can all happen this Sunday, and I believe it will. 27-23, the San Francisco 49ers get the win and raise Super Bowl number six in franchise history. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening all season long. It's been a wild ride. Ups, downs, a lot of wins, some losses, some almost losses, but a lot of wins. Let's make this one count. Whether you're at your home with your family, your friends, at a bar somewhere, at a watch party, eating nachos, want to watch commercials, just there for Usher, whatever you want to do on Super Bowl Sunday. Put your jerseys on, get that red and gold out, and let's win the darn thing, Faithful. We're faithful for a reason. It's been a long time, a lot of reasons to lose faith. Let's prove that faith <laughs> this Sunday and have all this time, this long journey, finally pay off. I've never seen one in my entire life. I'm ready. I'm anxious. I'm desperate to finally hoist a Lombardi Trophy and see my team call themselves champions. I hope you are too. I don't know what you're doing this Sunday. I hope you have a lot of fun. And I hope... We're celebrating, popping champagne, popping Martinelli's, whatever we're doing. Let's get this thing done. Do it for the Bay and finish the story. My name is Sterling Bennett. If you would kindly leave a like, share, review on the podcast, on the audio platforms, on YouTube, give us a subscribe. It's free, it's easy, it's the best way to support the show. You can also follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the Twitter or X, whatever your preference is. On Instagram is at 49ers.access, over 21,000 followers. And you can also use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com to save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Concerts. Sporting events, NASCAR, MLB, football, basketball, does not matter. Use that promo code and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. With all that being said, welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. And hopefully, at the end of the day, 
We're celebrating the sixth Lombardi Trophy. And as I end every single show, one last time, I'll say this, it's time to finish the story. And until next time, as always, stay faithful.